what else? Anything else before we wrap up here? Yeah, so I wanted to mention pictures. You know, we, we were big uh, on pictures. Yes. What was the count? There it is. <laughs> the count was, so four nights, the count was 234 pictures. <laughs> um, you guys can't see his face, but I wish you could. The size from both of them. <laughs> everybody this week's bonus episode of the dcl duo podcast in a very special bonus episode it is because this is our start of season three of the dcl duo podcast and that is a non-arbitrary distinction because this is our second year the end of our second year of podcasting as we're recording this the start of our third year of podcasting sam before we bring the guests in who we're excited to have on i gotta ask you two years did you think we'd make it <laughs> and you want me to answer honestly, right? I mean, you can lie to me if you want to, but I think I think the <laughs> listeners demand honesty from us, Sam. I think that is our brand. We are an honest brand. They demand answers. I would say, no, I did not think we would last this long. I thought this was a harebrained Brian idea that we would maybe do this for a couple of months and then it would kind of fizzle out. Um, but that's just because... We had never had any experience like hosting a podcast or doing a podcast and editing one and putting it out on a weekly basis. And so it's been uh, a great adventure. It's been a wild ride. And thanks to you, Brian, leading the charge. Uh, happy two year anniversary of our podcast, uh, our, our new our baby. It's our podcast is old enough to have said its first few words. <laughs> I think we've said many more words than that. But uh, yes, yeah, yeah. So look, I want to bring some folks into the conversation here because I think for me, the best part about doing this are the people we've met, the friends we've made. I got to start off right away by saying no show like this can exist without two things, really, listeners and guests. And so end of story. I think Sam and I could disappear tomorrow and hand this off to somebody else. And there would still be a possibility for a show as long as there are listeners and guests. So uh, I view our role as just bringing out the best of our guests to share with our listeners. And some of those guests have turned into friends. And we are excited to welcome two of those friends back this evening. So want to welcome Willie and Rebecca. Hey, you two. Welcome back. What breaking news do you have to share with us this time? <laughs> you know, life has been pretty plain since being engaged. It's been work and golf. That's all we've been really been doing, but enjoying it still just the same. And cruising and cruising. And way more than we thought we would be doing, I think, this year. It's so funny. We were talking. Well, first, congratulations. Congratulations. Happy anniversary. We were so honored, I think, to be the first guests for the season three. I think that it's bittersweet because we started as listeners and now have grown this wonderful friendship to become guests and so frequently as well. So I know that we enjoy it just as much as you guys hopefully do to be able to share and talk about cruising 
every opportunity that we can. So oh, I just want to hug you through this Zencaster <laughs> program. If I could hug you right now, Rebecca, I would. And Willie, you too, because you know I'm a hugger. Only a couple more months until we can hug. I think that's the best part. That's what I was going to say is I think one of the things I'm looking forward to this year is finally getting, well, we had dinner with you last year, but finally getting to see you again, right? Uh, and fi- And see you on a ship, which is really just the best of all worlds. So yeah, we're really excited, really excited, but yeah. Yeah. And we'll be honest when we're cruising, we, we, we talk just amongst ourselves like, Oh, we can't wait to share this with, with Brian and Sam. Oh, we can't wait to share this and share this and share that. And, and Oh, we should do this so that we have something to, to tell them we did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> surprises for you that I think yeah, make Sam I proud. Can't, I know. I can't wait yeah, to talk about it. We can't wait to it. tell you, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I used the same strategy with her. Sam, I booked us this crazy, ridiculous thing because we have to experience it for our listeners. Okay. So yeah, I noticed, I noticed as a side note, I noticed on the wish they have a new spa experience. It's called like zero gravity massage experience. And they have a couple's version. I was like, Sam, I booked us the, I booked us a couple zero gravity massage experience because it's new and we have to try that out for that's new. What does Disney Cruise Line have this new? Well, Speaking of new, speaking of cruises, we were super excited to have both of you back because you were just getting off the dream. And so much has changed in the world of cruising since the last time we talked to you, since the last time we sailed in February. Things are changing rapidly out there. You start wherever you want. But my basic question is, what was it like? Uh, Did it feel different on board? Did it feel like there were more people? Did it, I don't know, was the energy different? Yeah. What was it like on board? It definitely felt different. I will say it felt close, very close to pre-pandemic sailing. It it felt normal. I think we're all wanting to hear that. It felt real normal. Masks were were, were scarce. I would say 5% of people wore masks. And we're we're saying this, especially me as someone who still isn't quite ready to ditch the mask. it's, It's very, it's like a blanket at this point, you know, the psychological effects of it for me. But, you know, people were enjoying their cruise without a mask. The cast is all still very much wearing their masks. One of the main things I noticed, and we noticed this in October and December, when they closed the tube on the Fantasy, they closed the adult area. You know, you had to, to, to vacate that area. It was closing. This time around, they did close. They finished the activities around the same time, around right. midnight. There were no scheduled activities that were available. But at least now you were able to stay in those areas until 2 a.m. Until yep, until 2 a.m., which was the old normal. Everything really shuts down at 2 a.m. So activities would go until midnight. But instead of being told, hey, we need you to leave now, the, the district, I was trying to remember the name, Evolution and the district, the district lounge area would stay open until 2 a.m. So that was that was very different. You, you, you asked about capacity. We spent most of the cruise feeling like it wasn't as full. And this is an apples to apples because the Dream and Fantasy are the same ship pretty much, especially in the capacity area. We felt that our Christmas sailing was a little bit more full than this sailing. And this was a spring break, break sailing. But it wasn't. It was a feel. It felt like Christmas was more. But this was actually, we just found out today when we returned, somebody in in our cruise Facebook group said that it was actually the highest capacity sailing since the restart of sailing at 2,500. I don't know if that's true, whether it was confirmed. That was what somebody put in the Facebook group. But when we we read that and we say, okay, that is more than what we sailed with for Christmas, but it didn't feel that way. And I want to preface too that 
in Christmas or for our Christmas cruise, we were with his entire family, which included people that were under the age of 18. So we, how we like to do cruising, just the two of us is a lot of the adults only areas, which we were just not allowed to do for a lot of our time on the Christmas cruise because of his younger sister. And so we had to, or we didn't have to, but you know, we spent a lot more time in the family areas because of wanting to spend time with her. And it was wonderful, but I think we were just around so many more people more often during the Christmas cruise versus this one that we took. We still spent, it was just the two of us. So we spent a lot of our time again in the adult areas. So we still only saw only the people that were above that age of being 18. The biggest thing that I noticed why I felt it was so different on the Christmas cruise, they did the bingo pre-sales and bingo in the D lounge, which For anyone who's been on the cruise knows that the D-Lounge is on deck four with right by the lobby atrium, by the shutters area, things like that. So it's in the middle of everything. All of the bingos that were on this one were held in evolution. They were still family bingos, but they were all in the back of the ship away from everything else. So we never saw lines for the pre-sales. We never saw the hustle and bustle of the crowds trying to go over there. And I mean, bingo always pulls. We saw it once, which is how we even knew it was over there because we were just passing by that area. We were like, what is this enormous line for? And we noticed it was the bingo pre-sales. So that alone moved everything out of the main central area for the cruise and into in a section by itself. So we didn't see that huge mass of people in the middle. So it, it's interesting your comment about the adult areas, because like what I've noticed is on some of the ships, it can feel pretty empty in the family areas. But then when you get into the adult areas, suddenly it's like, like just massive adults sitting around. So yeah, it's just, it's interesting. Did it feel like the crowd was kind of more spread a little bit in the ship or did it feel, did it have that kind of crunch time around family versus adult area or anything like that? No, I think it was, it was, there was any, it, there's no rhyme or reason. Christmas is another week off. Kids are out of school. There's plenty of families there. Spring break is kind of the same thing in the spring, but it did feel much more dispersed. I don't remember the, the aqueduct lines weren't as long. You see, I don't, re- I don't remember one single area ever being too crowded. Yeah. Like I remember seeing like the same number of people or like an evenly mixed number of besides, okay, besides like shutters on the last night, besides the breakfast that we had this morning trying to get off the boat, like that being packed, but like everything else was rather evenly spread, like you said. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's because they have more spaces open and more activities going on. And so there's more opportunities for the crowd to disperse. Because when you have limited opportunities or limited, limited stuff going on, right? The crowds then tend to go to just the one or two things that are going on. Whereas if you have 10 different things, everybody sort of splits apart. Let me ask this. Did it feel like there were more activities offered on this cruise than on your Christmas sailing? Because one of the, one of the criticisms of Disney right now has been, oh, it just doesn't feel like there's as much going on and available, which makes sense when you're talking about fewer number of people on board, but did it feel like there was more to do or was it about the same as what you had on the Christmas sailing? I don't think, I don't think there was more or less. My only criticism is that it's the same stuff over and over again. Like every day there was general Disney trivia. Then there was cruise line trivia. There was Mickey Mouse trivia. Like it was all the same things every day. Very rarely do the questions change. So it's like if I go to the Disney trivia on day one and then I want to try again day three. 
oh, well, you've read all of the questions, you know all the answers already. You can't really, with an honor code or a moral system to yourself, say, oh, we got 25 out of 20. You know what I mean? I think one, I mean, the biggest thing that happened, I think, between your February cruise and ours was the no longer necessary reservation system for the kids' clubs. So I don't know if that played a huge part. Again, we don't have kids. We were never purposely surrounding ourselves into the kid areas to do the aqueduct every now and then. I think that that probably helped a lot with the family areas not feeling so packed and heavy because the kids could just stay there all day rather than, oh, you have a two-hour window or a four-hour window where you can go and then you have to come back out. So I bet you're right about that, Rebecca. Just having the kids able to spend um, whatever amount of time they want to in the kids' club and without reservations, having it be fluid probably alleviates a lot of the crowds for those family activities. Did, did you happen to talk to anyone on board with who had kids going into the kids club? Was there any information or feedback coming in from folks about how the new kids club process was working? And for, for listeners out there, I should say Disney recently announced this has been out on social media, so probably not a surprise for many, but Disney announced that I say Disney announced Disney quietly changed the no before you go and then announced in the app on board to guests that <laughs> reservations are essentially no longer required for children who are five and over uh, because they're eligible to be vaccinated. So they can kind of go into the kids club as normal pre pandemic and stay for longer periods of time uh, without a reservation. We have learned that kids who are three and four years old, and you can go into the kids clubs at three and four if you are potty trained, uh, you can go to the bathroom on your own. Those kids still require reservations and are being separated from the other kids. And I think have to wear masks in the kids club, but don't quote me on that. That's a detail I'm not remembering off the top of my head. Uh, But they are being, as I understand it, at least I think it's on the dream that they have Andy's bedroom. Sam, is that right? So, yeah, they have Andy's room actually on all of the ships. I think I'm not sure about the magic, actually, on the dream and the fantasy and the wonder has Andy's room. But Andy's room has the slide on the wonder. It's different. It's a different layout. The the two and three year olds are being, as I heard this morning, are being put into Andy's room and left there. So um, and then that's where they're doing their stuff and the other kids can run around the rest of the the kids club. But I'm curious, Willie, Rebecca, did you have to talk to any any parents on board or hear anything about the kids club experience? We didn't talk to parents who had kids that went to the kids club. We did talk to parents who have kids and, you know, they, you know, explained their joy for having the kids club (laughs) open, Um, but nothing into detail about the kids clubs and how the reservation system changed the way that it worked. We did talk to one of the cast members um, who knows people who worked in the youth activities rooms saying that it's very hectic that reservations, you know, they were split into different groups and they had a counselor assigned to them and, you know, they were more scheduled activities. And then during pandemic times, they had their reservation system. So the kids were only there for certain times of the day, you know, and it helped with crowd levels. Now they are post pandemic. So there's no reservations, but still not pre-pandemic where there's scheduled activities and counselors. So it's just hours of operation from like 11 in the morning until six o'clock and it's just mayhem. Um, So they feel a little overwhelmed right now, but at least things are getting closer to where they were pre-COVID. So... Well, you mentioned you did some new things on board, one of which uh, may or may not. uh, Well, I'm assuming if if you say it's going to impress Sam, then Sam, get ready to be impressed. 
for those for those listening for those listening uh sam is sitting in the closet of our master bedroom right now because of uh that's where she's recording from but she she gave a very surprised look but rebecca we want to hear <laughs> what you did that was new and exciting we went and watched the beauty and the beast show on this cruise which is so good it was so good it's Sparked conversations between us like we did every show in February of 2020 on our first cruise together because it was my first. So I was like, we have to go see them. Like that's, you hear all about, you know, the productions that they put on. So we also, yeah, yeah, yeah. We Rapunzel is my favorite in Tangled. So I wanted to see that one. And then we did nothing in October for all eight nights that we were there. <laughs> we did nothing in December for this and family. It was after the October cruise where Sam was like, so let's talk shows. And she went through the shows and we were just like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not that one either. I know. I thought you all were crazy, but you've redeemed yourselves now. Well, I know this was your first time on the dream. So this was your first opportunity. This Congratulations, by the way, on your grand slam. Oh, so, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Now, once, once you hit the, the wish then it's uh what is that called it's gonna be the i think they come up came up with a new name for it but i can't remember what it is but anyway you've hit your grand slam and so this was your first opportunity to see beauty and the beast because it's not on the other ship so good job and now I, but i need to know from rebecca because i haven't seen tangled yet because brian and i have not been on the wish yet so tangled versus beauty and the beast i, I need to know Okay, I am completely biased um, because I just I can't I can't mentally answer that question because of how much I love Tangled and the masterpiece that that movie is. But I was absolutely completely impressed with everything that had to do with Beauty and the Beast. I mean, vocals are out of this world, the choreography, and just the literally watching the movie and there's not a bad seat in the house for that theater. We were probably as high and left as you can go and was still able to get the full experience. You know, they have the surround sound and the lighting effects that hit you even all the way up at the top of the theater. So we, we were never, you know, without, we never missed a moment when it came to watching the, the performance. So highly recommended. That was the only one that we watched, but it was great. And I'm glad that we got to see it. Listen, I- I'm okay with that because I have to say that I don't, I like all of the shows, but the best ones are the ones that are remakes of a movie rather than the ones that I'll call you know variety shows where they've strung together a new plot. They're not bad. They're, they're very good, but they're not Beauty and the Beast and they're not Aladdin and they're not, you know, I'm sure Tangled and Frozen. Those are obviously, you know, the tip, the tip of the tip of the top, I'd say. Yeah. So I'm glad you got to see it. The technology in Beauty and the Beast, I think, is fantastic. And the set, the way they do the sets and the screens and everything is just it's amazing. Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action here to thank our amazing sponsors over at Touring Plans. We use Touring Plans Travel to book our own Disney vacations and just love, love, love our Touring Plans Travel Specialist. She waits on hold when we don't have time. She monitors cruise deals for us and rebooks to get us lower rates on some of the cruise lines that actually where the prices actually do go down, <laughs> like Disney Cruise Line. Uh, so she does watch those rates for us and rebook. She steers us toward cruises we would like and room categories and gives us suggestions. And so while we have our preferences, she's always there and available to help us out. And when we plan a parks vacation, it's just gotten so complicated of late. 
with all the new genie technology and everything. Like I, I need to rely on someone who really understands what's going on. And she absolutely helps us there as well. So we love the folks over at Touring Plans. What we love most is that the philosophy of Touring Plans aligns with the philosophy of our own podcast. We're not out to sell you a Disney vacation. We're not travel agents ourselves. And so we just like to give our honest opinions and reviews. And I think you'll find the folks over at Touring Plans will also give you their honest opinions and reviews of different sailings and ships uh, and steer you toward the thing that they think is the best for your family. So remember, you don't pay anything extra to use a travel agent, especially when booking Disney vacations. Disney pays the travel agent at the time you travel. You're leaving money on the table. If you don't use a travel agent, you're certainly leaving expertise on the table if you don't. So we highly recommend the folks over at Touring Plans. Head over there, check them out, touringplans.com slash travel. Let them know the DCL duo sent you to help support the show. And with that, back to our episode. Well, what are the other big highlights from your cruise? What, what, uh, what things did you, did you just, you love on board? So I, I, I'll start with the fact that I've always felt since the first time I ever cruised Disney and the first ship I went on was the fantasy in its inaugural year, 2012. But I always felt like the dream was the, the favorite child the favorite ship, the poster ship of the fleet. All the promotions, all the contests, you know, almost everything seems to be geared towards going on the dream. And in my mind, I was that always confused me because you would always think newer is better. And while it's only two years and they're supposed to be identical ships, I went into, the, into this cruise with the mindset that, oh yeah, it's just the fantasy with a different name. Uh, and I was pleasantly surprised. I, I, I told her at one point in in the trip that I think that the dream has some quality, some qualities that I, I think are, are better than the fantasy. And yet these are, these are the same ships. And, and we talked about it. One of the major differences for us was, was the pub. We love spending time in the pub. One of our first events, one of our first trivias was in the pub. I thought O'Gills was the pub across the entire fleet. And I found out that on the dream, it's pub 687. On the other three ships, it's O'Gills. I was wearing my O'Gills shirt yesterday for St. Patrick's Day on the on the cruise, but the way Pub Six Eight Seven is laid out, it's 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 so perfect. It's it's much more spacious. It's got great theming. It's we found out during Disney Disney Cruise Line trivia that the Six Eight Seven is the hole that the Dream was built in. Um, so that was a cool fact, and to then put that, where does the Six Eight Seven come from? And so there were some spaces on the Dream that that I thought were were a little bit better than the Fantasy. The way they do trivia on the Dream is awesome. They, they, they use their projectors, they use their screens, they bring them down and they put the questions up for you to read. They do offer a lot more multiple choice. And while that may be easier, it's just the fact that you can read the questions and, and see them. Um, so it's, uh, it seems like they, they do utilize a, quite a bit more technology, but it, it was quite interesting to see how these two quote unquote identical ships do have their, their little nuances and their, and their differences. Another thing I noticed on our way up to the mini golf deck is so Picture this, you're on deck 11, you go up the stairs to deck 12, and then you're walking towards that next set of stairs to get you to group sports deck. When you look left on the fantasy, there's like a splash pad with like the buckets that turn over. And I think it's themed to Donald and his nephews. When you look left on the dream, it's a bar. It's waves. It's waves. Yeah. Yeah. That's that aqua lab or whatever they call that. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And it's two same space. Totally, total utilized differently. Yeah, completely different utilizations. They have waves on the fantasy, but it's behind. Mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken, you have to go. Don't go up the stairs, but go behind the stairs, mm -hmm. behind the thing, and it's right there. So we never got to even see it in use on the fantasy because we were never back there. But then during this one, 
every time we would go up and play golf, which by the way, I'm three, and know, in beating him in our golf tournaments, every trip, <laughs> <laughs> we got to see waves in action and actually being the use. Mm-hmm. Speaking of winning. Um, I was going to say, this is a highlight. Why are we talking about? Yeah. Speaking of winning, Becca still has to, to sail on the wonder to complete her grand slam. Um, she's been plotting away on how to get on the wonder. We've, <laughs> We even said, well, what if we visited Nathan, Sam, and Brian and get go yeah. to Alaska so that Becca can see that part of the world? We definitely said we'd have to stop and visit you you all. You uh, can come stay with us. We have an extra bedroom. Wait, so wait, let's go back. Because Willie said, speaking of winning, but then we, we went down this path. So what what did you win? Take a guess. Yeah, take, take a, a guess. This young couple, number one. Match your maid. <laughs> Again. So we are now setting out to conquer, match your mate on every ship. The so we, match match your mate. we do plan to be the winners on the wish. Yep. We've got to figure out a way to get on that stage. It, it, it was awesome. We got to play uh, the way the club host worded it this time was very open. She said, are there any couples who are either, you know, recently married or uh, recently engaged or, or, or waiting to get married? And so that was perfect. When we heard the engaged part, we were like, oh, we fit the criteria. This is not just a, a newlyweds game, you know? So so we got selected and we were able to, to, to win again. So fantasy and dream, we, we've done it. Wonder, magic, and wish. Here we come. Now, now did they ask the same questions? Not all as of they them had asked. the same. They ask you the, where did you first discover the magic questions? And they ask you the, the three song choice question about, you know, your love life and stuff as a couple, but not all of the questions were correct, were the exact same. And so we had to, we had to think for those ones too. I mean, there, most of the couples got like four or five correct. We just happened to get the two other ones that they did not correct as well. So it's not, we, yeah. We we saw a few different questions, actually. So on The Wonder recently, there were a couple of d- different questions that I hadn't seen before. One was like, if you got a a parrot or a parakeet and it, you know, would repeat a phrase that is said in your bedroom, you know, what would that phrase be or whatever? And it was it was funny because none of them actually, none of the people answered with anything sexual. People just answered with just Things that were kind of silly or funny. I think ours would, make, ours would probably have to be, hey, Alexa. <laughs> exactly. Oh, wait. Tell her, tell her to be quiet. Cancel. Yeah, right. Cancel. So <laughs> yeah. that question on our, on our eight night, they actually didn't match your mate twice. And so that question we had heard, we've only heard that question once, but we didn't, we didn't hear it on in our round. We heard it on the second night of match your mate with, with three different couples. And so we do know there are some questions out there that are different. Um, and that's kind of what we were hoping for is, you know, we would, how, how would we fare with, with, we know that the, there's that group of four questions that they always choose, but how about those two wildcard questions? So it's always good to have those like new twists to the game. What else? What, what highlights have we missed? What, what, what could you not wait to tell us with the ship? We had another Palo brunch. Yeah. Palo brunch. Which was just as fantastic. I think I'll never get over the gluten-free bread that they served there. He had some, <laughs> liked it more dare I say, than the other bread that they were serving. <laughs> listen, listen. I think the best bread service in the entire world, don't judge me here, is Olive Garden. Olive Garden breadsticks are the best bread service in the world. I enjoy the Paula bread service. It's great. It's, it's fantastic. She offered me a, uh, it's, it's these little triangle, very thin, thin. sliced pieces of bread with, with 
some sort of garlic um, oil coating. She offered me to try one because because she had they'd searched quite a bit, and so I tried one just wanting to see. You could not tell it was gluten free, <laughs> and oh my goodness, I think I told her right then and there that this might just be better than Olive Garden's bread service. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm laughing at you, Willie. I listen. I love Olive Garden just as much as the next person ha- who's not ha- Italian. Hosp- Hospitaliano, when you're here, your family, yeah. I do love me some Olive Garden, I must admit. But Olive Garden breadsticks, while they're good, are definitely not my favorite bread service. Oh, <laughs> I, I love me some Paolo bread, frankly. Uh, I, I mean, look, I'm about to diminish all of our thoughts on Remy and Paolo by saying this, but I, I'm with Willie on this. Like Olive Garden breadsticks are perfectly warmed, perfectly buttered, perfectly seasoned. <laughs> and they so perfectly... Soft. They perfectly absorb extra dressing from the Olive Garden salad. So, you know. Listen, Brian, I love you, but I'm I'm going to have to disagree with you. on. The, I mean, like I said, they're good, but they are not in the top even five. I mean, Remy has amazing bread as well, by the way. I would argue that Papa John's plain bread that they serve is better than Olive Garden. I don't know why. Or even crazy bread from Little Caesars. Like, I literally don't know what it is about the Olive Garden ones that, to me, just are, like, too tough on the bottom. I haven't had them in in over a year or so. It's because it's been forever, but... So the moral of that story was, ask your server up, Paulo, if they can get you some of the gluten-free bread. I don't know if they have to have somebody with the allergy there to, to be able to enjoy it because they, they did have to make it for her. Um, so it did take a little longer, but just, just ask. You never know. What else? Anything else before we wrap up here? Yeah. So I wanted to mention pictures. You know, we, we, we're big uh, on pictures. Yes. What was the count? There it is. <laughs> the count was, so four nights, the count was 234 pictures. <laughs> Um, you guys can't see his face, but I wish you could. The size from both of them. Brian, Brian is really just impressed every time. I think he's doing. He's you're you're about to embark on what I do, which is I run the numbers. Be me being the accountant, I run the numbers, and I say we've got to we've got to make these pictures less than a dollar per picture. We have to, and so to do that, you've got to have two hundred and one pictures, and so. We had 234 pictures and, you know, it doesn't really require that much effort. There's no extra planning that goes into getting those done. I I still don't know how you do this because Brian and I went on. So it's 50 pictures pictures a day. It's 50 pictures a day. (laughs) And Brian, you and I went on a cruise without Nathan for the first time recently. And we, you know, and we, I think we ended up what with, we ended up doing a 20 picture package because we only had like i think we we did a 10 picture pack we did a 10 picture package oh no no we did a 20 picture package we did a 20 picture package i know this because you remember we had chosen like 22 and i had to cut out two at the on the last day but we had only taken maybe like 50 or 60 so maybe like 10 we averaged like 10 per day and and i felt like oh we were doing good like we we didn't (laughs) listen we didn't take every photo opportunity to, to be fair, we took 50 or 60 photos with the Disney photographers, plus whatever we took on our own and, you know, hours of video. So we had plenty of imagery from our cruise, but uh, yes, not anywhere near 200. And what was the number? 230. Oh, my God. I will say on the eight night and on this cruise, they made it real easy because we'd be walking around on the decks and there they'd be, you know, during the day, especially yesterday on the sea day. We were playing mini golf and a photographer was walking through the mini golf area 
and proceeded to take like 15 pictures there alone, just posing us in different ways. And so they do, they are coming up with ways to make it easy. But I will say the one thing, it's it's phenomenal that they've, they've finally gotten to what I call the end game of, of photography. I've witnessed photography on, on the Disney cruise ships from when you would get a CD disc plus all your pictures printed out. When we first started cruising, our first you know three or four cruises, we'd walk away with big envelopes of, of printouts of pictures plus a disc. And then they finally transitioned to the USB disc, which was the case up until December. And on this cruise, when you buy the picture package, they pull up a screen and they have you take a picture of it on your phone. And it's two links. One link is how to access the pictures on board with the free Wi-Fi. You don't have to buy the Wi-Fi and you can download them to your phone. And then the second link is once we get off the ship, it takes 48 hours for the pictures to upload to the cloud. But we'll have our pictures uploaded to the cloud and we can just download them straight to our phones from there as opposed to having to put the disk into the computer, uploading them and downloading them. And then they're there for 45 days. So you have 45 days to download them. I think that is phenomenal. It takes a lot of stress and burden off the actual photography crew having to load these these jump drives every single time they get off a voyage, which you know on a on a crew on a ship that does three and four nights, that's twice a week. Whereas the fantasy, it's just, you know, once every voyage, um, once a week. So that was really cool to see, you know, that technology coming along and, and it helps with, with our experience, you know, having the pictures. We're st- we still have to wait the 48 hours to get the remainders. We still got the jump drive on our last sailing. I, I said, like, hey. We were told it was the last time. Yes. And, and, and A, I don't need another thumb drive in my life. So I'm, I'm so glad they've moved away from that. I'll also say you got to do the pictures in the age of no masks, which when we were on our New Orleans cruise, one of the things that really hindered it was we were taking all of these like photos in the atrium, but you still had to wear the mask. So we said almost That's on night true. one. We made less of an effort, less of an effort because every picture that was inside, we did take some pictures outside, but every picture inside was masked. Yeah, we were even allowed to have masks off for pictures with the face characters. So meeting the princesses and stuff, you know, we weren't required to put them back on to meet them sure. and take our pictures with them. So, I mean, the other cool thing they've been doing with photos on board are the, uh, the things they've been doing in the parks with the, uh, the magic photos, or I forget what they call them, or the magic moments photos. Where you can put, yeah. They, yeah. Insert characters and stuff into the photo, which I, I think that's also, that's also really fun. So, yeah. We had a special St. Patrick's day one yeah. where we got to blow like green confetti and stuff on, I guess oh, the white cool. backdrop. It was really cool. I heard that all the soft serve ice cream on board the ship was green that day for St. Patrick's Day. Did they have the Did they have the green beer flowing in the uh, in not O'Gills but in six eight seven? We no, there wasn't. There was the greenest thing that was on the ship was the people wearing green. Yeah, there was no green <laughs> ice cream. There was no nothing new or green beer or anything at the pub. There was you couldn't tell it was St. Patrick's Day except for everyone else wearing things that were green. Well, it sounds like a fabulous cruise nonetheless. So we were super excited to talk to you. You got for everyone out there, Willie and Rebecca exited the ship today, this morning. And as they got off, they said, can we talk tonight? And we said, sure. So here we are. So this is fresh from their minds. So we really appreciate you coming on to share your experiences, especially appreciate you being our first guest of season three. So we cannot wait to sail with you in person on The Wish in a few months. And thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your day again uh, to come on the show. Thank you for having us. We're, we are honored and humbled. Yeah, definitely always a pleasure to get to talk to you guys. And now we'll forever get to be episode one, season three. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, thanks as always for listening to our bonus episode this week. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have uh, suggestions for bonus content that we could put out, hey, let us know. Questions, people you'd like us to talk to, that sort of thing. We're always open to show suggestions, so just let us know. So with that, just thanks to everyone out there for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us those five-star reviews. We love reading the reviews from our listeners and connecting with you in that way, and we love reading them on the main show each week. So head over, leave us those five-star reviews. We've got a few left to read, but we'll run out quickly, so don't miss your chance. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo blog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. If you'd like even more great content from the DCL Duo, you can browse over to youtube.com slash dclduo to see some of the videos we put up from our vacations. And if you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to patreon.com slash dclduo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there for helping to defray the cost of the show each and every month. You can also support the show by browsing to touringplans.com slash travel to book your next fabulous Disney vacation. Just let them know the DCL Duo sent you. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney Family of Theme Parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney Cruise or Disney Vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.